Did you see that? Yes, Senior Tom. I just thought this is just like that record by David Bowie. What, uh, the Gene Genie? Yes. <laughs> hey, look. The planet Earth is blue and there's nothing we can do. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes, never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, it's a rainy night, a rainy Saturday night here in the Rock Strikes 10 studios. Uh, I was just trying to record an episode of the Wrestling House Show, and the freaking storm knocked the power out about 45 minutes in, so we're not doing that one tonight, but as luck would have it, Chris is here with us in the Rock Strikes 10 studios, so Chris, I'm still glad you're here because that's the only way I'm not just throwing shit around (laughs) the studios at this point, but welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Despite the setback... We just had a few minutes ago. I am hopeful that this will lift my spirits because I know this is a topic that I have loved for years. Oh, yeah. So we're doing a, an entire episode of Rock Strikes 10 here, a long-promised episode dedicated to the BBC series The Young Ones. Yeah, you've been trying to get me in here for, what, like a year? At least, <laughs> yeah. And uh, is conspicuous by his absence, Randy Brown, who fellow CNJ Radio family member here, big fan of the show as well. We have a couple of other friends of the show who are fans of the show, so we're at least doing this episode for you know about six people. Right. I hope you. In- Whoa, and that's that storm we talked about. You're just going to hear it on the show, so you know have a. There's there's an episode actually called Flood. Uh, yeah. of the young ones yeah. where this goes on quite a bit. Hopefully this doesn't end like that episode. <laughs> Hopefully it does not. <laughs> so, the young ones, I'm not going to do the wiki or anything on it, but I, I do know that it started, I think, about 1982 on the BBC, and I watched a couple of different documentaries on it over the years, right. and I remember them saying that they couldn't get it pitched to the BBC as a sitcom because BBC had so many sitcoms, mm-hmm. so they entered it in under the guise of a variety show. And so the okay. official yeah. genre of this at the BBC was that it was a variety show, mm-hmm. and the only thing that makes it a variety show is that at one point, usually about halfway through the episode, yeah. they'll just stop the entire show down, and usually a band will materialize in their living room <laughs> and play. Yeah. And that's what makes it variety. Yeah, and I always <laughs> thought it was kind of bizarre. It was weird to me. I watched this. My dad was a fan of the show, and I grew up watching his PBS probably recorded VHS. He had all the episodes recorded on like homemade VHS tapes, and that's what I watched for years and years and years until the DVDs finally came out. Nice. But yeah, <laughs> the the weird randomness. They started to kind of incorporate the, the bands here and there in bizarre ways, usually. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about those, because yeah. we're going to do the music of the young ones. I've got seven songs that appeared in the history of the show. I've also got three songs that exist because of the show. <laughs> uh, so that's what the ten songs are here tonight, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, there will be some uh, fun, obvious bands on here, 
but there'll be some maybe you've never heard of before. So as uh, Diamond Dave would say, put your patience hat on while you put your traveling shoes on and come along with us on this journey here. Uh, so yeah, early 80s sitcom slash variety show. <laughs> I first saw it on MTV. MTV started importing the episodes. They, had, they were on this uh, British kick for a while, weirdly mm-hmm. enough. They were trying to incorporate other types of programming, yeah. which is kind of, I guess, the beginning of the end for yeah, MTV right. in a sense. We didn't know it at the time. But around 86, 87, uh, MTV started to be like, well, what else can we do? We've, yeah. we've done the video thing. I think it started with the monkeys. That was actually a happy accident for them. Oh, really? They huh. they decided on April Fool's Day one year that they were just going to... <laughs> it's, it's merely pissing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MTV decided that they were going to uh, air the monkeys for all of April Fool's Day as a, as a joke. Huh. It's a music-related sitcom from yeah. the 60s that yeah. people had pretty much almost forgotten about, I think, for the most part. Yeah. And then because of that, this happy accident, the monkeys experienced this massive comeback that Before, year. Right? And so I think they started to be like, okay, well, what else can we do? And then I remember they would start airing Monty Python reruns during primetime. Oh, I don't remember that. But then on the dead hours of Sunday night, yeah. like late Sunday night they would start showing the young ones. And I only caught these during summer vacation, mm-hmm. or summer holiday, if you will. Sure. And that's how I first saw them. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, there's music. It's a, quote, variety show. So yeah. it makes more sense than Monty Python, I think. Yeah, in, in a way, for sure. And so, yeah, so that when one year they did, like, The Monkeys, Remote Control, and then Monty <laughs> Python and the Young Ones, which is a good idea of what MTV should have been doing, and they should yeah. have stopped with yeah, those things. A, that sounds good to me. I'd watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a network of choice. Yeah. So, my earliest memory... Do you remember, like, the first episode? Do you have any kind of memory of the first scene in your brain that left an impression on you because i know what mine is the one of my mom's least favorite episodes is probably ingrained in my memory as probably one of my first that i kind of enjoyed a lot maybe because of that is it sick yeah it's sick it's <laughs> <laughs> every yeah, yeah. almost everybody's least yeah, favorite episode just the bag over neil's head and the sneezing <laughs> and then when you see what's underneath the bag that's yeah i think that was the first ingrained thing in my brain Yes. What was the musical guest on that episode? You know, I pop don't quiz. remember. We'll, don't we'll get to it. Yet. We're not actually going to play that song, but we're going to play that band later. All right. There's your hint. Okay. The first thing I ever remember, for some reason, was Vivian eating the television. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, what? Because yeah. everything on the show that's already happened, it's like, okay, that's not really based in reality. But then right. you have a man eating a television because the BBC Detector Man licensing guy shows up and they hadn't paid the license. I think I don't know what the eating the TV has to do with that, but <laughs> who knows? Nothing made sense, and it was yeah. it was great because of it. I think also probably my non other person related personal first memory was probably in Bambi when they were on the train yeah. and then getting to the the game show and the the pork sandwich scene and everything yeah. like that whole sequence there. And, yeah, that was probably one that I remember the most yeah. as far as, like, initial reaction. Yeah. And, you know, I'll do a quick uh, handshake for anybody else that hasn't watched this show. Uh, there are people that you will recognize watching this show that you know from American television yeah. and American movies. They just happen to be British. Sure. But it's a 100% British show. Oh, yeah. So, like, I'll tell you, like, Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Uh, Emma Thompson is in it. Oh yeah, uh, she's she's on that game show episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. like along with Hugh Laurie yeah, and yeah. Stephen Fry yeah. and 
I was uh, Ben Elton. I always forget. Like I actually know okay. all the names of the snots. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Chris Berry from yeah. actually uh, at least two or three people from Red Dwarf are on there. So that's still British based, yeah. but but still, yeah. yeah. There's at least two. Right. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, like, what's another big name? Robbie Coltrane was on it for a minute. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The late Robbie Coltrane. All right. Let's get to a song, Chris. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the pilot episode was an episode called Demolition. Yes. Not uh, Probably the least funny episode, but still got a, a lot of good gags in it. Yeah. It's real rough, and you could tell that there was probably about six months difference between the shooting of that yeah. versus what became the actual show. Right. And that's one of those things I always forget to tell people if I try to turn them on to it. Watch the second episode instead, because yeah. that wasn't the first one I saw either. It was, Yeah, me neither. Because so. I remember when I saw that, I was like, what is what is happening? I don't understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rick's got, like, no hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so everybody else is pretty much yeah. the same. It was a different house. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, it was demolition. It got demolished. Well, yeah. yeah. But Actually, I, it, got, it got a bomb fell on yeah, it. Yeah, it made sense afterwards, but I was like, what is it? I don't get yeah. it. But one of my favorite songs, actually, in the whole series was on this first episode in a band I had never heard of. And I don't have a whole lot of stuff by them. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of songs by them now. But just, uh, I call this uh, music pub rock. Because it's basically like, it's blues-based punk rock, almost. Cool. And so it's kind of, it's got its toe in both things. Sure. So that's, that's what I call pub rock. Australia is very good at this kind of music as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a band called Nine Below Zero. Uh, and I always thought they sounded really cool in the show. I was like, they're kind of jam-like, the jam, the right. band. Yeah. Uh, little minute work action going on, maybe. So there's that Aussie thing again. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I remember going, oh, that's a cool song. And then I looked up the studio version, because they played it live on the show. It was one of the only bands that actually played live on the show. Oh, okay, a lot yeah. of these yeah. other versions were actually like studio versions, but... They actually mimicked them so well, you couldn't tell that it was live or not. That's cool. It's one of the few live, live songs on the show. So on that pilot episode, a band called Nine Below Zero, I'm going to play the studio version, not the TV version. Because this thing has a lot of beef to it. So check it out. This is Nine Below Zero and 11 Plus 11.
off of what I'm assuming is their third album called Third Degree. <laughs> that was Nine Below Zero with 11 plus 11, 1982, which is, yeah, that sounds about right. That was when the first episode aired. Uh, so, yeah, what would you think about that, Chris? I, I like that song. Yeah, it's hearing it just now brought back memories of the episode. And, yeah, yeah, it, it sounds really good. I like, I like that version, too. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't have the theme song to nosing around. For, uh, right. <laughs> if I do, you'll hear it right now. But uh, okay, all right. <laughs> They're still wearing flare trousers. <laughs> the voice of youth. Okay, all right. I learned a lot of like you know certain things about British culture watching this show. Yeah. And uh, finding out that like how I mean on the surface, image wise, and the way they act, it's definitely counterculture to anything most people would know about. Uh, British anything from the get-go yeah, yeah. and the fact of how anti-Thatcher it was it's like a big deal like yeah that is that is drawing a line in the sand like sure. it's a banal comedy but they were definitely making a point yeah and I mean most of that came from Rick and he was so I mean it feels like satire but also yeah he's still doing it at the time and I had no clue when I was watching yeah it me about neither any of that oh. I, I didn't even know who Thatcher was when I was first watching yeah. it and I was just like oh this, this is did, funny I didn't know it was a woman yeah. <laughs> like, until years later and yeah. then the hiring of Alexi Sale who was a legit Marxist comedian like right like they make jokes about him being foreign and being, you know, like yeah. a, a, a like a fascist almost. But, right. but like he was a Marxist comedian, which they were practically blacklisted by most television networks. They couldn't get yeah. on television. Oh, the fact yeah. that they got him hired was amazing. I never even thought about that. And he's like, you know, he's such a strong presence and yeah. kind well, of the he, MVP of the show in a he way. He takes over every scene he's yeah. in just because yeah. of... He just doesn't stop. He's yeah. just one of those guys, and everybody just kind of watches him because you don't know what he's going to do, and yeah. he usually does something that you don't expect. I don't think that... I think they might have given him bullet points. Just let him go. I think yeah. they just let him go because he was just that good. And he's still doing stuff. I That's th- cool. He's, he, had a, he did a bunch of, like, uh, kind of documentary-type shows after a while, okay. and, you know, definitely not the same old boring travel shows. It was, yeah, there right. was always an angle to it if he's sure. involved. And he actually has comedy records out, so... That's cool. I would and, expect that. Yeah. And he even got a single out because of his uh, new <laughs> found fame which i'm i'm gonna spare you and not play is it not dr martin's boots it's not dr it's, it's actually dr martin's boots is a better song let's okay. just put it that way um but yeah he had a single out called hello john got a new motor okay and that's the only way i can say it in that accent because he, he kind of says that over and over again for uh-huh. like three minutes uh-huh. and he barks on it and it's you just have to look it up so uh, okay. look up alexi sales hello john got a new motor okay i might <laughs> yeah maybe okay i'll send it to you um but yeah so i wanted to bring up alexi at some point yeah here. Uh, and uh yeah dr martin's boots was on the playlist but i had to cut it uh, uh just just because of some of these other songs and, and that's like what a minute long right. so yeah, yeah, yeah uh but yeah uh let's move on to the next act here and uh the third proper episode was an episode called boring yes which is great because it just works like a play there's right. Even though they do actually venture out of the house at one point, it, it could really be seen as almost like a play, because yeah. it's just yeah. like they're just sitting around the house and it's a boring day and they got right. nothing to do and all they do is yell at each other. Yeah. <laughs> they they try to do a whole bunch of things and it just you know, always fizzles out. Yeah. Whether they want to whether they want to watch television or play board games or <laughs> it's just uh, get it bored. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why they're called I'm that, sure. honestly. So I think the, be, the spelling is just a nicety for uh, what like, you really are. I like board games. Yeah, so I do too. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, boring is actually one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. 
I, I well, I don't know. I <laughs> I say that every time you bring up an episode, I'm like, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. But now they're all, I love them all. Yeah. I think uh, if I have to put my cards on the table, I think Bambi is the best episode overall, as far as like joke for joke. Everything works for me on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Boring is in my top three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And also helped by the inclusion of the band they used in that episode, mm-hmm. where they finally are so bored, uh, which is something a counterculturalist would not do, <laughs> is that they finally decide that they're just going to go to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time they get to the pub, the band has stopped playing. Yes. And the electricity's out, and even though it's not. But the oh, band yeah. is t- saying that it's out, right. so yeah. they don't have to play for them. <laughs> right. So there's this black cloud that like you know just goes through the whole city. Right. And uh, this uh, excellent band is playing, who is the only band that performs two times in the history of the entire series. Yes. One of our favorite bands, mutually, is a band called Madness. Yes. So we referenced the sick episode, which they play their massive hit, Our House, in that episode. With a big, big fight outside in the the streets, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Yeah, with plastic instruments. (laughs) Or like plastic glass instruments that break when you hit them with it. and. Yeah, so a little little street riot out there that actually does help the plot move along, Yeah, weirdly yeah. enough. I like that they incorporated them into the story in that one. Well, they're kind of in the story in this one, too. Yeah, boring, yeah. they actually have, they they actually have lines, yeah. yeah. So, the Suggs does, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and I love the fact that Madness is still uh, continuing on to this day, still yeah. making quality music. But uh, one of my all-time favorite Madness songs is the one that they performed, probably may- maybe due to its inclusion in this series. Yeah. It's one of my favorite songs. It's one of their songs that actually precedes the song Our House, a real early single for them. So this one is House of Fun. Well, 
song is like from around 8081 something like that anyway, okay. but that was house of fun by madness love madness yes uh a band that was very influential on the uh third wave of ska bands from the 90s yeah. and stuff like that and just punk bands in general yeah. uh very cool working class band that you should still be given the time of day to and uh now uh, since we had these uh two bands you know pretty heavy hitting uh Really cool, solid bands. We're going to get into a couple of deviations here in style that you may normally not hear on Rock Strikes 10, mm-hmm. but they are so invited, and also because they played on the young ones, so okay. when else are we going to get to spotlight right. these bands? A band that was uh, pretty short-lived. It's that generic uh, five-year lifespan, and then you break up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a band called Amazulu, that, uh, of course, the half of the name is based on African culture. and. Yeah. It's it's really neat that there were so many different subgenres coming into British music, especially yeah. in the early '80s. I mean, yeah. the fact that there became a like out of punk rock, you know, of course came new wave, but then like the ska scene also happened. But the fact that they were lifting that from island music, I mean, yeah. like, how did that happen? Like, I yeah. I know that there's um there's a lot of uh, African immigration into Britain. I just don't mm-hmm. know how that became a thing. It's, I, it's something I'm just guilty of not knowing. Yeah. But it's I'm not sure of the me. specific history of it, but yeah, I mean, it's truly a multicultural kind of melting pot for lack of a better word, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it's really cool when you see things like that happen. You can see that in the music and the styles just kind of blending and pulling pieces here and there. It's cool. Yeah. And and another thing, I'm glad that they included a lot of this type of stuff in the show because I mean it's it it would almost be too easy to have like a punk rock band on every yeah. week just because the show is so punk rock in sure. a sense. But the all inclusiveness and the fact that you know there was there you know and like everywhere else in the world, a lot of racism, a lot of shitty culture going on, the skinhead thing, which tried to latch onto punk rock. Yeah, and there is definitely a scene. Yeah, but like if you put that lie in the sand and be like no you your views are not welcome here because it's wrong right you know there was there was a lot of pushback too so punk rock there was a civil war that was going on, especially around there yeah it's like no we do not want your nazi culture at our punk rock show so we're actually going to incorporate more african-american musicians just to right. really tell you 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 see this this means not invited you know like <laughs> And so, like, putting a band like Amazulu on the show definitely proved a point. Like, hey, we, we're maybe not who you think we are. Right. So I'm glad that they were on the show. And the next band that follows us will also do be doing the same thing. Okay, so from the third to last episode of The Young Ones called Time, which is, it's that's one of the weirder, I, I know they're all weird, but no, it's right. one of the weirder ones. Like, it it even ends, anyway, it's a weird episode. I, I love all the episodes, yeah. but... 
I think I don't remember this one as much as the other ones. Which one was this? This is the one where Rick wakes up with a woman in his bed. Oh yeah, okay. Who? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spoil every joke right. on here, but uh, <laughs> as at one point they're just trying to get the house cleaned, yeah. and yeah, I don't I, like. I guess they were just there to provide house cleaning music for the guys sure. while they were cleaning up for this woman that because they're not used to having women in the right. house. <laughs> so they play this nice little, uh, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon, yeah. Sunday morning kind of thing. So this is a nice little ditty for your Sunday morning. Uh, this is Amazulu. And I say this about it being a daytime song. Meanwhile, the song is called Moonlight Romance. Zulu there with some fun house cleaning music there. Moonlight Romance. 
That was from their self-titled record from 1984. Great year for music. And uh, the next one here, uh, another obscure band, but actually a little more known just by association. Uh, it's a band, great name, by the way, Rip Rig and Panic. What a great wow. name for yeah. a band, <laughs> by the way. Just that on the surface, great. Right. Uh, and I didn't know this until years later, but I was already familiar with their lead singer due to one of my uh, no shame classics from the 80s buffalo stance oh, yeah. their singer was uh like a, a, a british american uh, nana cherry oh it's cool i just cause see i always thought i recognized her watching the episode and then when you said that earlier it's like oh yeah okay duh yeah and it's in the uh house party episode called yeah. interesting and there's some neat things going on. It's that's probably the most random of all the episodes. Like uh, at you one point, so? once the party starts, there's just no yeah. rhyme or reason to the show. It's yeah, the the whole scenario just allows them to just do whatever they want to do. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like they just uh, had all their friends come over and just fuck off for a day yeah. or two, you know. And and I don't know if this is where they first met or they knew each other for a while, but uh, the guy that plays Vivian, Adrian Edmondson. His wife is in this episode, which oh. I think a lot more people would know her than any of the young ones. Mm. Is uh, well, maybe with the exception of Rick Mayle, because right. a lot of people love Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, but Jennifer Saunders from Absolutely Fabulous, yeah, the okay. blonde, right? Yeah, that's Vivian's wife. I didn't <laughs> By the way, that. wow, they've been married for way over thirty years, thirty-five years, I think, with kids and the whole bit. That's cool. And uh, yeah, she's I, in this episode. I watched Absolutely Fabulous quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I don't think I watched show. all of them, but yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. So, what's up, Andrew? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. This about about ten minutes in, the the episode goes off the rails, but yeah. in a great way. Actually, I played a, a little clip from it at the beginning of the show, in case anybody needs a reference as to why that was played. But <laughs> one of my favorite gags, which proof is uh, comedy is all about, uh, as Steve Martin would say. Tie, 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 timing, timing. Yes, okay. <laughs> well, uh, but uh, in the in the height of the party, uh, they're like, "Hey, where's the music?" And then yeah. they have Rip Rick and Panic play during the party. And to me, this is a party jam. Like this is super fun song that really gets me going. Uh, and uh, so it's the song that I, you know, it didn't make it over here. Yeah, which is. You know, I would have loved to have heard something like this on the radio because this might have been one of the first songs I would have ever heard if it had hit over here. Yeah. It's from 1982, about my first year of consciousness. Uh, but check this one out. This is the jam. This is uh, Rip Rig and Panic with Your Mind Kind of Climate.
Just me. 
and uh, further pushing the point ahead that that was a party jam. That was actually the 12-inch mix of You're My Kind of Climate by nice. Rip Rick and Bang. I feel that, that was appropriate sure. because it was for a party. Um, I think the storm has finally passed, Chris. I, I think it has. Cause I think I saw a, a hamster with a mohawk <laughs> paddling outside on a piece of wood. A special patrol group. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. so, yeah. We, we were one of the few bands that we tried to start here and there. <laughs> I think we actually were going to call it Special Patrol Group. Yeah, at some that, point. that name was thrown around. Yeah. Very, that was at the head of the pack, I think, for a while. Yes. It was either that or Cliff Richard. Right. <laughs> I think that one might have been taken. Yeah. Uh, speaking of him, maybe we'll hear from Cliff later on in this oh, episode. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, just maybe. All right, Chris. So I wasn't aware of this until just a few years ago when I really started to go hardcore in making this episode. This, this episode for me has been a few years in the making. Wow. All right. Uh, so the show was so popular in England uh, prior to anybody in America even knowing at all about it. Yeah. So like I said, they really didn't start bringing it over here until like the mid to late 80s. Yeah. But 84 was the last year really of its existence. It only had two seasons yeah. or series, yeah. as they say over there. <laughs> but uh, it's annoying too because it's like six episodes. So they only have yeah. 12 full episodes. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I want more. But you know, maybe it maybe it's great that contained in twelve episodes the way that yeah, it is. Where know. can you go from there? Yeah. I mean you've seen series <laughs> that kind of dip yeah. in quality and maybe come yeah. back if they go too long. But to uh, further push along how popular this show was, at least uh maybe even slightly more than a cult status or status, if you will. The fact that I guess every show, especially if you're a sitcom ish has the, as they talked about in that great movie, Man on the Moon, the Fonzie character. Okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's not always the obvious character. And it wasn't in the case of the young ones either. The breakout popular star mm. of the young ones over there, apparently, was Neil. Really? Yeah, Neil okay. was the favorite. He was, I guess he was the, obviously the sympathetic character. Yeah. But he became the breakout character uh, <laughs> for most people, so much so that Neil got to put a record out. <laughs> okay. There is an entire Neil album, which I, I read about it, and it's kind of it seems like it's kind of like what uh, the Great White North Bob and Doug McKenzie record was over in Canada and in the okay. States, yeah, yeah. where it's all character-driven with some music interspersed. Right. But uh, this, and it, apparently this album was thought about and recorded like almost like throughout an entire year they were working on this. Yeah. And it's called Neil's Heavy Concept Album. <laughs> and like I said, there's a handful of cover songs on it and some bits. Yeah. And, you know, just Neil being Neil, you know? <laughs> should have been called Boomshenka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what does what that mean, Chris? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. It means made the fruit of wait. May the fruit of your loins be fruitful in the belly of your woman or yeah, something or so, like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I just may, wanted... may may your seed be fruitful in the belly of your woman or something like okay, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to have a recording of you saying that Thanks, actually. Yeah. So. Uh, but Neil got to put a record out, and I'm going to play you the the single from it that was actually enough of a hit single. To where you can find a performance of this on top of the pops. So there's some. I have a lot of YouTube homework for you on this episode. Right. But if you care enough, go YouTube Neil performing this song on top of the pops. And yes, keep in mind this was a decent hit single over there. It's a song called "Hole in My Shoe." So check okay. it out. <laughs> Hello, vegetables. This is Neil here, right? 
Um, look, I, uh, I don't want to spoil the whole record for you right before it's even begun, but I just wanted to say that the whole thing was quite a lot of hassle to make, right? And it didn't turn out like I expected it at all. I mean, for a start, there's just much too much technology and commercial stuff on it, right? And it's far... T- oh, oh no, here we go. Hello, shoes. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to stand on you again. Oh, wow. What a horrible dream I just had. I looked in the sky where an elephant's eye was looking at me from a bubblegum tree. I walked through a field that just wasn't real with 102 soldiers that stood at my shoulder and all that I knew was a hole in my shoe which was letting
right, there you go, Chris. What'd you think of Hole in My Shoe? That was that was Neil. That was that was fun. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it was Neil. There's also a decent chance that the original version uh, is at your parents' house at at this point in time because mm-hmm. that was actually a traffic cover, Chris. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, pretty random, but yeah, that's uh, that's probably up there with. Uh, the times, you know, the psychedelic right. movement of uh, England there, along yeah. with the the cream material, you know, where yeah. the rainbow has a beard. I'd love to hear <laughs> Neil cover uh, Schwalber, by the way, by <laughs> Cream. That'd be something. I uh, don't know that song. I probably heard. I don't know. <laughs> that's that is the height of like hippie British culture because oh, right. it's just like jam psychedelic. Oh yeah, and the lyrics are so stupid. I love the song. <laughs> it's probably because I'm thinking of Howard Stern and Artie singing it together in the right. studio. Like the rainbow has a beard. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so Neil's Heavy Concept album, I do not own a copy of this. I no. literally had to rip that off of YouTube, so thanks, Chris. Um, <laughs> but if anybody has a copy of that record, please send it to the Rock Strikes 10 studio so I can complete my Young Ones fandom here. I don't have the, whatever, the Commodore computer game. <laughs> yeah. Do you have that? You, no, I almost bought it. I was Really? I was real close to buying it. Because you, you told me about that when you started yeah. talking about this episode. I looked yeah. it up, and I immediately found one on eBay. And how much I, was it? it? It wasn't ludicrous. Like it wasn't that much. Could um, you have played it if you bought it? I don't have a. It's a Spectrum game, I think. Oh, I, think I don't even is. know what that is. It's. It, I think it was a European only. Maybe I don't think it ever came yeah. here. Um, but it was like one of those the tape games where you have to put the tape in the thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was real close to buying it. I don't. Wow. I couldn't have played it. I would have had to have waited until I got an emulator or something. Or, okay. Or, bought an old uh spectrum sure. but it looks it looks it Awful. looks kind of fun yeah. well it looks like the old porky's game from what i remember my friend <laughs> had Atari that porky's yeah game. you remember that yeah. it kind of looks like the same format kind of yeah i mean uh, the graphics I mean, you can only do so much with those graphics at the yeah, time but, yeah but yeah it's like we live in interesting times because yeah. you can watch every game every video game yeah. that has ever existed has a playthrough of youtube on, uh, on much, youtube yeah, yeah. And there's a Young Ones video game on yeah. YouTube. Go yeah. watch it if you want to like be like, wow. this kind of that's the guys just like doing stuff in the house. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know how, I don't even know what the plot is. But I anyway, don't remember, yeah. It's probably as concise as an actual episode, right. but uh, maybe even more so. So, I said all that uh, because another tie into YouTube. The only way I've actually been able to hear this particular song and get this for the episode is by going on YouTube because... Uh, this song has never appeared uh, for any of our viewings on any Young Ones episode. It's supposed Mm. to be, and originally appeared in the episode, Cash, which is a great one. That's Mm. another one where the house just seems completely different. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're burning stuff because it's snowing outside, they don't have any money. It does look really different. It's got one of my favorite gags. everything around and they're shooting it in different ways. Yeah. You see that wall that you never see in, in in that one, yeah. Yeah. And I think because maybe that adds into the whole ghost side yeah. sidebar. Yeah. Un- I think the young ones invented the sidebar. By the way, like, this is so much <laughs> right, not this, going this on in the plot. Sidebar. Yeah. yeah, and it's great. It's like all improv comedy. And uh, but one of my favorite gags in the history of the show is in Cash because <laughs> they're always yelling at Neil to cook the food or make the tea because yeah. he's the mom, right? Because he's the hippie. And he's going to do it. Yeah. He's, he's like, going to complain, but he's going to do it. Yeah, he's submissive. And so he comes back with the food, and it's two paper plates. 
and it's just snow. <laughs> and he goes, what is this? And he's like, it's risotto. <laughs> and then he's like, it's snow, isn't it, Neil? He's like, no, it's, well, it's very nourishing. And he's it's like, it's like, I know snow if I see it. It's all we've had to eat the last three days. So every time I see risotto, yeah. which I, you know, now, now I know it's a rice dish. Yes. That makes me laugh because I'm like, right. yeah, it's snow. <laughs> but uh, I said all that to talk about the song that appeared in Cash that we've never seen before. Uh, so, once again, you got to go on YouTube if you want to see this acted out in a Young Ones episode. I don't know where to... I think you have to pause the episode right before they make Neil go into the office to get a job. Mm. And, of course, Alexi Sale is the job of recruiter. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, make sure you pause it and, and look up on YouTube Ken Bishop's Nice 12, which is a one-off band. Okay. And it was an all-star unit of 12 British musicians... Uh, the only ones that I know uh, out of those 12 are Stuart Copeland from The Police, oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. one of the greatest drummers in the history of the world, right. and this guy Jules Holland, who's probably, at this point, I'd say England's most famous variety show host. Because uh, you could look up Jules Holland clips and be done for the day. I mean, he's oh, had really? everybody on his show. That's cool. I even saw this weird clip on his show where he had different types of bands playing in like two minute intervals or something like that. And I was like Mastodon and then Feist or something like that. Really? Yeah, it's it's weird. So Jules Holland show, uh, J O O L S for those of you in America. Um, but even then, if you're in England, Jules is not spelled that way. It's always J U L E S. What am I talking about? There's not that much of a gap. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this the reason this song was never on any home video release or DVD release is because it's a Bob Dylan cover, mm. and I never play original Dylan on here, but I don't mind playing a Bob Dylan cover. Yeah. And I like I, other people doing Bob Dylan songs. Yeah, good writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, but I guess he just didn't sign off on the uh, home video yeah, releases sure. or, or what have you. But uh, so maybe for the first time ever, you might be hearing this, Chris. Or Did it only ever, ever air like? in the UK on TV or something? I think it yeah. aired on television airings, but yeah. it never... I mean, maybe mm. even when Comedy Central re-ran in yeah. the 90s, which was another great yeah. uh, get for us as far as like being <laughs> able to see it again. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, it never was on anything you could buy. <laughs> gotcha. So uh, we'll have you look this video up if you want to see it for yourself. Look up Kim Bishop's Nice 12, and the song is Subterranean Homesick Blues. <laughs> In the basement, mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement, thinking about the government. The man in the trench coat, bad jokes. Paid off, says got a back car. Once you get it paid off, look out, kid. Something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. Better duck down the alleyway, looking for a new friend. Man in the coonskin cap by the big pen. Once you have dollar bill, you only got ten. Maggie comes feet Talking about the heat put plans in the bed But the phone's tapped anyway Maggie says to many said it must bust an early man Orders from the DA Look out kid, no matter what you did Walk on your tiptoes, don't cry no dose Better stay away from those who carry on the fire hose Keep a clean nose, watch your plain clothes Don't need a weather man, know it's where the wind blows Get sick, get well, hang around the heat well Ring bell, I'll tell if anything's gonna sell right off You're gonna get hit, but use us, cheat us, six times losers, hang him out of the theater. 
I'm still gonna live. Twenty years of schooling and I put you on a dead ship. I can't keep it all in. All right, there you go. Proof that Bob Dylan always needed a vessel. <laughs> or 12 of them, yeah. as the case may be. That was, I mean, the performance on that's real tight. Yeah, that's cool. I like the way they, they did it, because we just watched the video as we were listening to the song, and yeah, yeah it, was, it was neat. It was a little like music video within there, and they don't always do that. Yeah, that was definitely the most money they ever spent on uh, music performance on right. that show, for yeah. sure. Or maybe just playing with the new buttons. Right. <laughs> you can always yeah. tell, like, in old videos when they got a new button. Right. <laughs> or a color yeah, button. Yeah, because they don't really know how to use it, but yeah. they just use it all the time. Yeah, the wipes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was great. And, yeah, we had to get that straight off of the episode. That The laugh track, in case you didn't watch it on YouTube, is because uh, one of the guys had his head over a wall, so you just saw his head. But it's because Vivian was just peeing on the wall, and he had just zipped up and moved him around. So he had literally just watched Vivian piss on the wall. Like right, that's right when in the front of his face. Yeah. So great radio. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I dig that, and that, that that's a fun song anyway. Yeah. So let's get back to a, a couple of real heavy hitters, right. some icons that okay. uh, darkened the door of the young ones, and of course the one that uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but every Halloween I make a point to, and we just had it. To watch the episode Nasty. Yes. I which, love that episode. It's That introduced me to the concept of the video Nasty. I was about to ask you, are you yeah. familiar with this culture? Oh, and yeah. Why is it called that? Can you, do you do a little uh, Reader's Digest version of it? or Why is it called that? Long story short, well, shorter, I guess. <laughs> in the 80s, it was the VHS boom of the 80s. In the UK and Great Britain, there was a... There's a law, like a censorship law, and with the because they're not big on violence over there, right? Yeah, and, and it's, we are, but they're not. I've actually been researching this quite a bit because I want to do some stuff for the last theater on the video nasties because they were a big part of my childhood growing up, yeah. and a reason why I love these kind of movies. But there was really heavy censorship, but the newness of VHS, the home video revolution circumvented this censorship law so people that made these really gross terrible quote quote terrible yeah, yeah, movies yeah. That, that would exploitation films yeah exploitation yeah. films that kind of thing Evil Dead was one of them Last House on the Left was one of them sorry there was just a no, no I know yeah. I, I, yeah my iris closed yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> ghost track but Long story short, they were able to circumvent the censorship laws, and these movies were flooding the home video market. Kind of like a bootleg form, yeah. almost, weren't they? Um, Did they use officials, or I, you know, maybe that's a not really. I mean, but they were they were independent people that were putting these out, and they were just able to do it because they weren't the censorship board the of the Britain censorship board wasn't able to like control this initially. It was like and, downloading; it just got but. By the time they knew there was a problem, it was too late. Yeah, it was already out in the stores and everything, and they thought that it was going to corrupt the youth. Um, it's really similar to, like, in America with the rock and roll debates um, back in the, the 80s, 
with uh, the involved like Tipper Gore and, yeah, and okay. Frank Zappa. Like yeah. it was kind of that thing. It was this moral panic of these movies. So yeah. you can go back to the fifties for that. Yeah. yeah. So it it happens all <laughs> the time. But this what this happened in the eighties with horror movies, and yeah. it was the term video nasty was coined in one of the newspapers, one okay. of the tabloidy kind of newspapers. Yeah. It was the, they called these movies video nasties. They made a list of. 73 movies specifically that they had to watch them all that will <laughs> thing is i don't think they watched all of oh, them really? because okay. there's there's such a wide spectrum some of them are really bloody and violent some of them have nothing in them okay. it's just the covers the covers were were very lurid okay. and very bloody and that's what they judged which was almost the best thing about the video story yeah and it's like that whole argument that getting ready for the party is almost right. more exciting than the party itself yeah and that's the thing like you <laughs> if you look at the 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 rock and roll the, the music stuff i know you are aware of this yeah. that people didn't necessarily listen to what it was and they didn't use context but they mm. they lumped it all together and it was the same thing with this so it was moral panic the the list of the video nasty list officially published by the government or the censorship board anyway <laughs> was the they, list for law enforcement to say if you see this in a video store you are authorized to take this out of the video store and destroy this video cassette <laughs> and that's what they did and it served as a grocery list for the rest of us exactly <laughs> and so all it did was make people like me and people that lived from that time to now want to seek all of these movies out yeah. because they're not necessarily the best. Some of them are awful, yeah, but I sure. want all of them now yeah. and I want to watch all of them now. Yeah. But some of them actually, the censorship in Great Britain was it's like super heavy and a lot of these movies, there was a list of like 39, I think, that were successfully prosecuted and they were either banned or only released in cut versions hmm. for like 10, 20 years later. I think some wow. may still be banned wow. to this day. Yeah. So that was my... Not quite as long version of it. No, I dig it. And uh, but yeah, it was. So one of the things that I always remember is, oh, we've got a video and the, the <laughs> nasty thing. Like, yeah. yeah, that's that's what all that was. I didn't know what any of that meant, but yeah. it was. It's still a f super fun and funny episode. Yeah, it's actually very serious. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of in jokes on right. this episode. I'm just yeah. inserting because it makes me laugh and yeah. I pop Chris a little bit. It's the only time I get to. <laughs> Uh, but here is one of my favorite bands of all time, a band I had the pleasure of seeing last year. I never thought I'd get to see this band live. Uh, and this is their tribute to the video, Nasty. This is The Damned, with a song just simply called Nasty. <laughs> Screen is sick in blood My walls, my floors, 
Well, they didn't have to dress up too much for that episode, yeah, right. uh, which, uh, you know, hey. Uh, the Damned, one of uh, England's finest, and the uh, it's always worth saying, as far as coining the genre of punk rock, the band that had the first full-length album out that was considered to be punk rock, they beat the pistols to the punch. Hmm. So Damn Damn Damned is actually the first ever punk rock album, quote-unquote. Oh, okay. In England, at least. Yeah. America, actually, we beat them all to the punch yeah. with the dictators, but that's, or the, even the Stooges, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about the great land of Britain. But that was The Damned with Nasty, which is uh, the only song on record that I was able to find doing research for this that was specifically recorded for the young ones. Oh, wow, okay. It wound up on a B-side of the single Thanks for the Night in 1984, but as far as I know, this was the only song that was played in the entire series that was specifically created for the show. Well, so one of the dam's best songs, in my opinion, yeah, you know, would have never like happened if yeah. not for the young ones. So, yeah. The next one almost needs no introduction. You just literally have to point at the screen and say, Music! Yeah. 
Alright, there you go, Chris. I kind of threw you off there a little bit. I just said, we're going to go right into it. I was just feeling it. No, that's cool. Uh, but yes, uh, I mentioned before that my favorite overall episode is Bambi, and yeah. this band definitely plays a part in how much I love the episode, because yeah. uh, in kind of what is a Hard Day's Night-esque segment, yeah. playing during the song where they have to run to the train station... <laughs> It's so hard days night actually yeah. when you think about it. And my favorite bit in that is Rick like taking the paper. He's <laughs> like takes it like he's going to steal it because he's the anarchist and then he goes back he like puts the money down and goes away. Yeah. yeah. Which said he was just copying Vivian like he always yeah, tries to do. Right. Vivian literally stuffs an entire <laughs> donut pastry Favorite. in his mouth right. and before he even chews one bite of it he just finger flips the yeah. uh the, the vendor off right in the guy's face <laughs> yeah greatness uh but that was of course motorhead with ace of spades uh and you know we don't need to play the original on here as great as it is but i i figured hey, let's play a live version of it even though they actually used the studio version mm-hmm. on the out al- on the album on the episode, but it was important to me that I actually play a live version from that era. Yeah. So that's from the early days. That was from uh, No Sleep Till Hammersmith, considered one of the greatest live albums of all time. And there you go, Motorhead Ace of Spades. Motorhead actually is on The Young Ones. Sorry to spoil that one, because I figured if you didn't know in advance, yeah. that's a neat surprise to have. Yeah. But hey, yeah. it's whatever. Well, yeah. <laughs> I've already done the episode, so <laughs> right. what the fuck? All right. <laughs> So we're actually officially done with direct music from episodes oh, of The Young Ones, okay. Chris. The last two songs we're going to play are songs or singles that happened because of The Young Ones. We did the Neil song earlier in the show, and okay. I figured I'd put that in the middle there and then reward you guys later on with a damn to <laughs> Motorhead if you're still tuned in. These next two are different, interesting. This is kind of, I, I left these at the end of the show because it's definitely for hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. So in case you bow out, I appreciate you listening at this point. But uh, one of the most referenced, if not the most referenced musical artists in the entire history of the series is Cliff Richard. Yes. And this is one of those cultural gaps between Britain and the United States. Cliff Richard is basically the, like, I guess, for lack of a better term, the Elvis Presley of England. The guy had number ones out the yang and he's like really probably britain's first rock star from what i could tell being a lifelong musicologist so much so that uh, there was a whole thing about you know where it's getting to the point where the the early rock and roll is getting so far in the rear view just decades and decades back that there was a thing that was going to happen where some of this stuff might have been made public domain Oh, wow. And Cliff Richard actually had to go to Parliament to get, like, you know, hey, I'm still alive and I'm going to yeah. leave this to somebody. Yeah. This is not public domain. That's not right. You right. know, I mean, I, a lot of these people don't own their masters, but this is a, a an important thing that happened a few years ago. A lot of people don't know about. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, that all being said, I'm making the point that Cliff Richard is a massive icon for British music uh, to the point where he's probably hated by a lot of rock and rollers out there yeah. because he was basically the establishment. Yeah. So to to further uh, advance the hypocritical nature of a character like Rick on the show, yeah. he likens himself to be an anarchist, but it's obvious that he's just doing that to be cool. Yeah. He's obviously a guy who was raised by loving parents, <laughs> who he's just rebelling for the sake of rebelling, right. and at heart he is still a massive Cliff Richard nerd. <laughs> 
And yeah. so that's the thing. But he almost like owns it like a punk rocker would. Like, right. so what? Yeah. 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 He's great. Come on. You don't like great music, you know? <laughs> like, so it's a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Yeah. So, but Rick's Cliff Richard fandom makes him a target for the rest of his quote unquote friends. Well, I never even real understood that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, decades and decades of hits. Like, he had a longer career than Elvis. I said he was the Elvis of the States, but he was still going yeah. strong throughout the 80s. Huh? Uh, you know, a lot of Christmas number ones, which is a big thing <laughs> yeah. over there. The Christmas number one is the yeah. thing. Okay. And so it got enough to where I, I, maybe Cliff was a little put off by hearing about him being referenced on a show like this. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't enough to keep him away completely because it's one of those things where, you know, he's like three decades, four decades in the show business. And, you know, let's stay relevant here. So at one point, someone had the idea, and this, uh, for comic relief over in England, is that they asked Cliff Richard to re-record one of his biggest hits of all time, Living Doll, Mm -hmm. with the cast of the young ones <laughs> that's awesome and it was a big charity single and video it was like uh so over uh, over here but also in england we had dancing in the street by bowie yeah. and jagger and it was to benefit live aid and right. all this other stuff we also had we are the world and all that stuff yeah but over there the comic relief for the uh, homeless charities and some other stuff they got cliff richard and the young ones to do a duet and not only was it a hit it was number one wow. Uh, mirroring the original Living Dolls, number one. So it's one of those few songs sung by the same person where it gets to be number one twice. It's yeah, a very short list. Wow, yeah. And weirdly enough, I had to really dig on this one. The This version that I'm about to play you of the Young Ones duetting with Cliff Richard doing Living Doll actually was number one in more countries than the original version was. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Yeah. It's a train wreck of a version. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. But it's super fun. And once again, I got to say, maybe watching the video of this will help you out a bit more than the actual audio. But it is what it is. Yeah. So here is Cliff Richard with the young ones doing Living Doll. Kids, it doesn't matter what you are. Punks, skins, rastas, mods, rockers, Keith Chigrin even, everybody everywhere, stop smoking and pay attention to me. Because if you're a wild-eyed loner at the gates of oblivion, then hitch a ride with us. Because we're riding on the last freedom moped out of nowhere. And we haven't even told our parents what time we're coming home. So, pull on your dancing trousers and get down to the total and utter king of rock and roll, Cliff Richard! Got myself a crying dog, sleeping, walking, living down. Got to do my best to please her, just cause she's a living dog. Got a room and I am, that is why she satisfies my soul. I got the one and only talking, talking, living dog. Does anybody know where the toilets are? Mike? Look, does all this money really have to go to charity? That's Michael. Mike, Liv, it's me. Who are you? Oh, great joke, Your Majesty. Satisfies my soul. Satisfies my soul. Satisfies my soul. 
So there you go. That was a once-in-a-lifetime duet. <laughs> Cliff Richard and the Young Ones doing Living Doll, which was a big hit back in the day, like I said. Yeah. And not only that, there was a song that Cliff Richard sang back in the day called The Young Ones, which yeah. serves actually as the theme song to the Is show. Okay. Cool. So them doing a cover of that. I guess Rick is singing the theme song on the show. He... It does sound like him. Yeah, he's singing part of it for sure. Yeah. So that was an old Cliff Richard song. So you can find a very swooping, easy listening song with the exact same <laughs> lyrics. But yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I never really understood the lyrics. Oh, I I know what the lyrics were, but yeah. I never understood really the connection from the lyrics to the, the actual show. Yeah. You know, no connection. I yeah, guess they just guess, went yeah. with it. You know. So this was. It almost seems like all the Cliff Richard stuff was planned way in advance. Right. Like almost like. You know, maybe it's somebody in the crew of the writers that was picking on the Cliff Richard fan of the group or something. Right. Like, if this is just the constant ball busting, it's like, a, so just just a theory. But I yeah, think maybe that's maybe. it. Maybe Rick is actually a legit Cliff Richard yeah, fan. Who knows? I would, I would think so. If he uses him that much throughout that show, yeah, yeah. Or, or he's just maybe a really good actor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Rick Mail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so the. <laughs> Man, this this was going to be tough. Now, this is a song that some people are just completely sick of. There are some people that can listen to this song every day and never get sick of it. 
It's one of the most heralded songs in the history of England, if not the world. Okay. It was actually voted the number one song uh, ever at one point during like British Music Awards thing. It was like by the end of the eighties, they're like, okay, let's figure out all of rock and roll history and come up with the best song ever. Okay. And they decided it would be this song, which I don't think I could really argue as far as influence and cultural shifting and all this other stuff. Um, but I say all that to talk about, we are going to play Bohemian Rhapsody right now, but okay. we're obviously not going to play Queen's version. Yeah, of right. it. Uh, so this is kind of a chicken or the egg thing because this is almost the exact same time frame. So I'm not quite sure when I say, I'm not sure which came first, bad news or spinal tap. <laughs> All right. Because everybody knows about Spinal Tap, yeah, and it's America guy, it's American comedic actors playing British guys, right? Like a British rock and roll band, sure. Uh, so there was a we talked about the punk rock explosion, the ska and punk, ex, the ska explosion, the new wave explosion, but heavy metal really hit hard at the same exact time that all these other things were happening in Britain, especially Mm -hmm. which every one of those things, of course, bled into America. Like I said, with the exception of the other way with punk rock. So metal culture was big. The representation of that is kind of a conglomerate of Vivian being a punk and metal guy. And the kind of contrast in like, he had like a kiss t-shirt on at one point, Mm -hmm. uh, Saxon t-shirt, but he had like, punk style hair and right. and you know the little little bolts in his face <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff yeah uh, so yeah he was metal but he was punk yeah it's, it's kind of weird so i guess right. they just they could only do that once <laughs> yeah. so that's why vivian is the way he is so i say all that to talk about the fact that the entire cast of the young ones at one point i guess really wanted to andy kaufman the heavy metal scene out there <laughs> and created a band called bad news yeah. now chris you were not as familiar with this band as uh before the show i kind of told you a little bit about yeah. it but what i told you about it i mean is that not insane what they did it's pretty crazy yeah for them to go as far as they did with it i wouldn't have expected it but yeah i think it's it's brilliant i mean i love it i think it's super funny yeah, and I will say, I'm a huge fan, of course, of the Young Ones. This album is a rough listen, because <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like it's very, yeah. like I said, Andy Kaufman-esque in yeah. its approach. But it's supposed to be frustrating, that's the point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this album is literally, uh, it, it's a band in a studio trying to cut a record and failing miserably at yeah. it. And that's the whole record. Yeah. They might whip off like two or three full songs, and even then they're probably like two minutes apiece. Right. And, you know... It's just, uh, I mean, the, you know, as Americans, I know that no matter how advanced we might be, or even as not advanced as some of us might be, the use of the word cunt <laughs> is one of those things where we're just not used to it. Over right. there, I, I realize it kind of sort of means something different, even though it kind of doesn't. Mm. But they, you know, obviously the looseness of it, yeah. even to this day when you watch movies yeah. or TV shows oh, yeah, from Britain. Oh, yeah, freely in certain movies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and that's counterculture. But, sure. like, man, it's all over this record. <laughs> so it's just one of those things. But it's 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 a weird record. I can't recommend it to outsiders. You have <laughs> yeah. to be a, a legit fan of all of these people yeah. to like this album. It's massively out of print, so you have to invest in it anyway. So, yeah, it's it's the young ones doing a metal spoof. Whether or not some of them are fans or not, you know, it's right. uh, they're making fun of the p- pomposity of, yeah. you know, uh, major label music right. at, at that point. Yeah. So... 
<laughs> so they're like, I guess that one day they're like, hey, let's do Bohemian Rhapsody. And they're obviously trying, this is obviously them trying to play instruments because there's no way they're using studio music. <laughs> right. You can't fake that bad. <laughs> you just have to try to do it. Right. And I know they got Brian May to show up on a couple of songs. Wow. But yeah, which, yeah. and then I'm even wondering, huh, interesting. Yeah. I don't even think he plays on this track. But here, uh, and, and grit your teeth if you must, but I'm going to play it. This is bad news. Take one and take two <laughs> of Bohemian Rhapsody. Enjoy. Bastards. I played the wrong chord. Have you got that on tape? I that's my good, well, good. You got that on tape, him playing the wrong chord. Yeah. Why don't we go back? Let's all go around and listen to Why don't we go back and tape over that bit and that way we'd oh, save tape? No, okay, I'll pay, like listen, I'll pay my whole advance just for that bit of tape. Would you like I to tell I that, write that bit of tape? <laughs> a bit of tape's worth more than your advance. Would you like to tell our public why you can't play the guitar properly, Mr. Fuego? Yeah, because I've got a git playing the bass and he keeps misleading me. <laughs> got you there, haven't I? Come on, girls, let's get on with it. Right. We might be able to patch up the end. So, if fuck isn't very good radio one speak, is oh, we it? Can we can overdub Goss. <laughs> we can drop in oh, a well, diamond. So, you're going to keep that mm. and do another? We could drop in a cunt face. Right. Yeah, can, can we drop in a cunt face? Come along, let's do the Rumpty Tumpty Bismillah business. Then we can all get off home and get some kip. I've got to be up working the bank at 9.30. <laughs> Mamma mia, mamma 
All right, if you're still tuned in. Did I, did I warn them properly, Chris? I it's, felt like I didn't. It's a bold choice to end the show that way, but I guess it's better than putting it earlier in the show. Yeah, I, that was <laughs> definitely planned way in advance. Yeah. I mean, these last two songs, to be right. fair. If you have never watched a stitch of The Young Ones, I do, and you're still hearing my voice and, and Chris's voice here, I do appreciate you tuning in. <laughs> I hope you had as much fun as we did. Maybe that's not possible. We we had a lot of fun doing yeah. this actually. Uh, go go check out the show. And you, I used to be like, hey, it's on. I, I think it was on YouTube for a minute, uh, but a lot of BBC stuff isn't on there oh, anymore. Yeah. I think BBC America like has their own streaming service now. Probably. But I would recommend. I, I think most of the versions are out of print on. You know, on oh, DVD. Really? Yeah. There I'm was sure a you newer. Can track it down somewhere. Yeah, there was a newer one that came out actually after the one I bought. I actually bought the one that came out in the early 2000s. Yeah, I think there's one that came out like in the mid 2000s. Okay, maybe that one's still in print. Uh, but yeah, I recommend the show heavily. Hell, even if you have to watch it on YouTube, fuck it, watch it any way you can. <laughs> yeah, that way you'll be able to see the uh, the Ken Bishop's twelve. <laughs> yeah, nice guy twelve. Thing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. It's one of the, easily one of the funniest shows of all time. You may not even get it the first time around, but it's, I, I, I watch these episodes over and over again like a mental patient. So. Yeah, me too. All right, so, Chris, I want to thank you for coming over here tonight and uh, doing this show with me. It was actually very fun. It was therapeutic after a bad day at work, I must say. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me. I enjoy reminiscing about one of my favorite shows, of course. Yeah. And uh, we've got a, uh, a sea of shows on cnjradio.com. And if you go to cnjradio.com, you'll hear every episode of Rock Strikes 10, including the ones not on iTunes. While you're there, stick around for uh, fellow Young Ones fan, uh, almost fanatic at this point as well, Randy Brown, the Synaptic Empire Radio, a true alternative. And uh, I think he's even played Nasty on the show before, too, for oh, yeah. the same exact reason. So, um, yeah, 
great show. I'd say that even if it wasn't on this uh, website here. Uh, Chris, you're involved with a few other shows of me as well. Of course, the flagship, the Wrestling House Show, which we uh, attempted to record yeah. earlier tonight. I don't want to talk about it right now. No, I, I don't either. But <laughs> it's a great show, and I love doing it with you. And if you, let's say you're a first-time listener, and maybe we'll have a few new people, you know, Young Ones fans. Why not? Yeah, sure. Uh, very possibly big pro wrestling culture down there in England. So, yeah, uh, if NXT you, UK started up recently. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a fan of pro wrestling, check out Wrestling House Show, where we take, uh, it's pretty much WWE dominated at this point, but we talk about other feds, and we take the entire month of television and whittle it down into the greatest hits to create you one great massive supercard for the month, saving you the time while we waste all of ours. <laughs> all the time that we've lost. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, it's 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 a really good pro wrestling show, so go check it out. And uh, Chris, uh, you head up Last Theater. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that, Chris. Last Theater, it's horror, cult, media, exploitation. The, video nasties. I was going to, yeah, the, the <laughs> stuff that I was just talking about, the video nasties, it's that kind of stuff. All yeah. on the show that I like to talk about. Probably going to try to get into some more history stuff. I want to do a video nasty show on the, the podcast. But I also have written reviews on the Last Theater page videos hopefully coming soon we'll see we'll see how that works yeah. out but yeah doing doing podcasts trying to keep up weekly hopefully so we'll see if that happens yeah last theater where cinema's trash is treated like treasure there you go. that's a great tagline Thanks. it's beautiful and is that it well we have more shows coming up on cnjradio.com and i'm teasing that for right now <laughs> but more shows abound oh good god <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't say no. I'm I'm sorry. I'm addicted. Okay. But, uh, all right. And, Chris, thank you for everything you do on the website. No you, no show. Uh, thanks for coming over tonight. Uh, thank you, any first-time fellow Young Ones fans out there. Feel free to check out the rest of Rock Strikes 10. It's a different show every time. Uh, I played Nine Below Zero way back on the Kiss Song Tiles Remain the Same. Yeah. Uh, things like that. You're going to hear those kind of things. The stuff you don't hear on regular-ass radio no influence from Simon Cowell or otherwise. <laughs> All right. I don't know how to end shows. Uh, everybody else, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for coming. Have fun. Bye. I know, yeah. I, I, yeah, my iris closed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ghost track. Oh, now look what you've done. Quick, get the picture back before Elephant Head comes on and starts singing. Oh, too late. <laughs>